It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it through a weekend. I don't know if Chris Rock made it through the weekend, but I made it through the weekend. Welcome in Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. It is Monday, March 28th. We've got a Final Four set. A lot of elite teams there. And this happens almost every year. There's upsets during the first round, second round. Some team might accidentally get to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. There are very few VCUs or George Mason. Very few. Um, NC State, when they won it all, they were a nine seed, eight seed. There were fewer teams in the tournament. But you just don't see it very often, especially in the non-Power Six conferences. Uh, So, St. Peter's, look, thanks for playing. It was fun while it lasted. Shaheen Holloway is going to parlay this into the, the new head coaching job at his alma mater, Seton Hall. But those two games yesterday were not very fun to watch. I tried to stick with them. I didn't see the last half of the St. Peter's game in North Carolina. I didn't see a lot of the second half. Uh, once Kansas took a 9-10 point lead against Miami, you knew that was over. Three of the four losers this weekend scored 50 or fewer points. I didn't know they took the shot clock away during the tournament. I didn't know that. They don't. They don't. Uh, Poor shooting by Houston. Doomed them. Carolina just manhandled St. Peter's. And Miami had the lead at halftime. That was a different Kansas team in the second half. If they can bottle that second half, and I'm not sure they can, but if they can, you're hanging a banner in Lawrence, Kansas. That's my nightmare, by the way. Hello to my brother. Big Kansas fan. Duke and Carolina will play the second game Saturday night, as you would expect. Villanova minus Justin Moore now, who uh, went down with that, what looked like an Achilles injury late in that game. That's going to be a big loss for Villanova. They'll take on Kansas at 6.09 p.m. I love the 09. Remember when uh, the Braves used to be on TBS? They played it. 735. They'd come on the air at 735 for a 740 start. All the shows on TBS were five minutes after the hour. 609 Saturday night, uh, Villanova against Kansas. 849. That time is approximate. Duke and North Carolina. Duke and Carolina have never played in the NCAA tournament. They played a lot in the regular season, a lot in the ACC tournament, and they never played in the NCAA tournament. Who do you want to win? Who do you think will win? Maybe those are two different answers. You can hit me up on the Eminem Cartage Hotline, 502-384-1450, to join in on the conversation, 384-1450, or text me on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Don't forget, Thornton's is a perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And hit me up on the Thornton's text line at 502 414 1450. Who do you want to win? That's easy for me. It's Villanova. Villanova lost one of their starters. They're not a deep team. Uh, They scored 50 points in a win over Houston on Saturday. Justin Moore goes down. I don't know how they replace him. 
I don't know if they can replace him. It's one of those rallying cries now, right? Let's win it for Justin Moore. Let's do this for our teammate. It was an emotional bench, and it was an emotional scene after they won, and it wasn't the normal emotion you would expect. Jumping up and down, putting the hats on, putting the shirts on, regional champions, cutting down the net, going to the Final Four. It was a team surrounding their injured teammate and emotionally doing so. There were tears. There were hugs. There was a lot of, oh, man, we can't believe this happened to you. A lot of love going on there. So can you rally around that enough to beat Kansas and then the winner of Duke, North Carolina? I hope that's what happens. That's who I'm pulling for. Who's going to win? Well, that's a different question. I'll, I'll debate it all week long. I don't know because we don't know anything. Here's what we know. The Final Four is full of every team that has won multiple titles. They have. Last year, Houston was in it. Gonzaga was in the Final Four. And last year, Gonzaga and Baylor were, without question, the two best teams in the country. We have no idea who the best team in this Final Four is. Forget the tournament, the Final Four. Who's the best team? We have no idea. Because they've all had off nights. They've all had nights where they looked unbeatable. I think Villanova is hurting when they uh, lose Justin Moore. That's going to hurt them a lot. We saw Kansas and North Carolina get run out of the gym by Kentucky, who was the first St. Peter's victim. And Duke, if you'd have told me Duke three weeks ago, I would have said no chance. Now it just feels like it feels like destiny is on the side of the Blue, Blue Devils here. Doesn't it? Doesn't it feel that way? Because final regular season game at Cameron, they get – they almost gave up 100 points to North Carolina. They almost gave up 100 points to their arch rival in their legendary coach's last home game. And then they win a couple of games, and not impressively in the ACC tournament, and then they get housed by Virginia Tech. So did North Carolina, by the way. Got housed by Virginia Tech. If you didn't watch Duke all season long, and you have watched them during this tournament, and you think this is a great Duke team, you're not right. It was not a great Duke team. It wasn't. Carolina, same thing. They were they lost Villanova. They lost to Kentucky. They lost a few other games by wide margins earlier in the year. And then they started playing defense. They now play defense. They held St. Peter's to 49 points. They got a, a stretch four in Brady Manick that can knock down the three ball. This is not Roy Williams and, and Dean Smith's North Carolina where we put a couple guys down on the block, get them the ball, let them go to work. They spread the floor, Caleb Love, Leaky Black. They moved the ball. They can score it all five positions. And now what was missing, they defend. It's no longer missing. I picked Carolina to beat Baylor and to go to the Elite Eight. I did as an eight seed. I was pretty I'm still pretty proud of that because my bracket, my bracket looks like my uh essay paper in sophomore English class at St. X. There's a whole lot of red X's on it. Whole lot of red X's. It's not pretty at all. 
I have one Final Four team left that happens to be Kansas. I didn't have Villanova. I didn't have Duke. I certainly didn't have North Carolina going past the Elite Eight, although I did have them in the Elite Eight. I do want to make that clear. You got two number two seeds, a one seed, and an eight seed, but you've also got elite programs. Villanova's elite. They may not be a blue blood. The other three are blue bloods. There's a difference. I've had this argument on the show before. There's a difference. Carolina, Kansas, Duke, along with Kentucky, UCLA, those are blue bloods. Elite programs are more of what have you done for me in the last 15 to 20 years. UCLA, in my opinion, is no longer an elite program. They're not. Duke is elite. Carolina's elite. Villanova is elite. Gonzaga right now is elite. Even though they haven't won a national championship, right now they're elite. They get to Final Fours, although not this year. They are number one seeds in the tournament. They uh, get the number one player in the country in Chet Holmgren. It's an elite program. Not a blue blood. So three blue bloods, all four teams are elite. I do look forward to this weekend because, unlike some people, I appreciate the greatness. I do. Now, you can sit there and say, I'm not going to watch because I don't want Carolina to win, and I don't want Duke to win, and I don't want Kansas to win, and I even don't even want Villanova to win. You can say that, and you cannot watch. I'm going to watch. Not only because I have to come in here next Monday and talk about it, but because I appreciate greatness. Mike Krzyzewski is now taking Duke to 13 Final Fours. That's a fact. That's a number that cannot be disputed. It is a record. John Wooden took UCLA to 12 Final Fours. That's why they're a blue blood program. But right now they're not elite. Mike Krzyzewski eclipsed that record this weekend. That is greatness. That's greatness. North Carolina, greatness. They've got a former player as a first-year head coach. Hello, Louisville. Anybody reading this? Anybody listening? And it's worked. It didn't work early, but it's worked late. And it's worked very well. They look like the best team right now. They do. Both ends of the floor, they look like the best team right now. Duke Carolina in the Final Four. I was there 10 years ago, 2012, in New Orleans, same venue. I was there when Kentucky and Louisville met in the Final Four for the first time ever. They had played in the tournament before. We all remember the dream game in 83, but they had never met in the Final Four. Here we were, Kentucky and Louisville in the Final Four. I was there. It was magical. It was magical. Not the most well-played game by either team. Could have gone either way. Kentucky ends up winning it and going on to win the national title against, ironically, Kansas. But it was special to be there. It is special that this game is going to occur Saturday, Duke and North Carolina, in Coach Mike Krzyzewski's last go-round. Maybe we should have seen this coming karma-wise. They were in opposite brackets. Uh, Duke in the West, Carolina in the East, going to play each other in the Final Four, not in the national championship game. Maybe we should have seen it coming, right? 
Karma is very interesting. So those games are Saturday. Villanova, look, Raleigh Massimino won one. He wasn't supposed to win in 85. Jay Wright's won a couple. Maybe the best coach in college basketball right now as we speak. Hard to argue against that. Because name me a Villanova player right now, top of your head. And you might have, you might have watched the game on Saturday and still not know the name of a Villanova player. Colin Gillespie, okay, you got that one. Give me something else. Um, Justin Moore, well, he got hurt. That's why you know his name. They got a guy named Samuels, right? Yeah, they got a guy named Samuels. That's about it. That's about as far as you can go as a fan who watched the game. Jay Wright doesn't do it with a whole lot of five stars. He doesn't. But they're the best free throw shooting free throw shooting team in the country, 82%. That's really hard to beat because if they got the lead and you're fouling them, they're not going to miss. They're not going to miss at any time of the game. They play defense. They held Houston to 44 points. And offensively, they have they do more ball faking and shot faking than any team I've ever seen. Ever seen. And I don't care how much your coach drills into you, don't go for the ball fake. Don't go for the shot fake. They do it so often that there are times you have to he's gotta be shooting this time. They gotta be passing the ball over there this time. I'm gonna steal this. No, you're not. It's gonna be a backdoor layup. He's not shooting, but now he's going to go around you and get a foul where they don't miss, or he's going to get a layup or an easy 15-footer because that's what they do, and they do it better than anybody in the country, and that's why they're in the Final Four. And and then you got Kansas. I don't think all those level one violations that they're waiting to hear about are really affecting them right now. I don't. I just don't. Bill Self has won one NCAA title. Um, Kansas is solid. Their top seven guys are solid. They get contributions from everybody. Ojabi's got to play well, but he doesn't have to play great because they've got other guys on that team that can get things done, whether it's Brown who spells his name Braun, or McCormick on the inside, or Remy Martin, who's come into his own in the last several weeks and been great. Guys off the bench, it's a really good Kansas team. Kansas, to me, is the best offensive team. Villanova, Carolina, they're kind of battling to be the best defensive team. I can make an argument for, well, I could have made an argument for any of these teams to win it this weekend. With Justin Moore out, it is hard to make an argument now for Villanova. But I can make it. Kansas is in the sweet spot right now. They're in the sweet spot. They're playing an injured opponent. And if they win, they get the survivor of Duke and Carolina. And I know it's a national championship game. But if you're North Carolina and you beat Duke again, you're on cloud nine going into that final on Monday night. 
same thing. If you're Duke and you beat Carolina, oh, man, Coach K's in the championship game. Oh, that's not a distraction to your team. It felt like a distraction when they lost to Carolina in the uh, final home game of K's career. Kansas is licking their chops here, licking their chops. I'm not saying yet that they're going to win it all. I got about four days to make that decision on the air. But they are licking their chops. All right, the Big X golf cards are ready. Did you watch any of the Dell match play this week? I love that stuff. I love match play golf. So much better than stroke play. Ryder Cup, give me Ryder Cup, give me uh, President's Cup, and give me Dell match play in Austin, Texas, uh, this week every year. It's great. Scotty Scheffler beat Kevin Kisner in the final. And I watched it a lot. And it was easy to watch it yesterday because the two basketball games were so bad. They were so bad. But the Big X golf cards are ready. The card features Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round with the 2022 Big X Sports Radio golf card. Get yours today at BigXSportsRadio.com or you can call 812-725-1457. Play Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Valley View, Elk Run, and Christmas Lake. Under $25 a round with card included. Supply is limited, so get yours today. Take a break. Come back. I do have to talk about something other than sports. I will get to it after the break. Uh, And Louisville's women tonight, trying to get to the Final Four. They will play Michigan late game. Get your nap in today. We'll talk about that as well. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage hotline open, 384-1450, 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation. The Thornton's text line is open as well at 414-1450. Download Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. That's the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app. And hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Quick congratulations out to the Providence Pioneers, head coach Ryan Miller. They won their first ever state boys basketball championship in 2A over Central Noble on Saturday. You probably heard some of the action with Matt Dennison right here on the Big X. But big shout out today to the Providence Pioneers. They should be celebrating this for quite some time. Uh, We'll get to some news and notes here quickly. But first, let's go to the Eminem Cartridge Hotline. Bring in Buzz Frank. How are you today, Buzz? I'm doing great, John. How you doing, buddy? I'm fantastic. It's cold out, but I'm okay. Yeah, well, I'm inside, so I don't have to worry what it's like I'm, I'm soft. I'm yep. soft. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> well, I mean, I can see why with all those years you spent in that cushy uh, uh, press box over there at, uh, at in Tigerland. I, I, I was, I was like spoiled. That. Yeah, I was spoiled. No <laughs> doubt about it. I hear you. What's on your hey, mind today? I'll tell you what, I... I well, I didn't fill out a bracket. I want to start with that, uh, just because we normally have one at work and didn't. But I would have picked Villanova to go all the way, and my main reason was was I won the pool a few years ago when they went all the way, and I picked them. So I was kind of loyal. No real theory behind it. Yeah, yeah it, that's it. Yeah, they won me some money. Let's yeah, I get try that it again. Um, with with the injury, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm really not pulling for Duke to win it all. I, like you, appreciate greatness, but 
I like to see the great ones get beat every <laughs> once in a while, too. Yeah, me too. And, uh, uh, yeah, Villanova, by the way, uh, Justin Moore had surgery this morning on that, uh, I, I think it was an Achilles. I know it was a lower leg entry. Uh, but again, I heard Achilles. But he's done, so uh, until next year. Um, that's gonna, yeah. It's going to be tough for the Villanova Wildcats now missing him because that's not a deep team. It's a really good first five or six, but it's not deep. And, you know, it, it's funny because North Carolina is not all that deep of a team either, and no. yet both of those teams have made it to the Final Four, and you wonder sometimes if maybe the deeper teams go too far into their rotation and kind of lose continuity throughout a game. Yeah, and a lot of coaches will shorten the rotation at tournament time uh, and part of that is the TV timeouts are longer. There are more of them. So you get plenty of time to rest. Um, and these kids are 19 to 23 years old. You know, they're not running around in a wheelchair here. They get plenty of time to recuperate and rest during those TV timeouts. And, uh, you know, if you're a coach and you want to win, you want your best five out there as, as often as possible during this, these tournament runs. And that's what coaches will do. Well, and I think another part of that is is sometimes coaches get a little flack for maybe leaving in the starters longer than some of the fans think they should. But when it comes tournament time and you need those guys, they need to be in shape. And it's one thing to be in game shape. It's another thing to be in practice shape. Yeah, and everybody – look, everybody's mom and dad wants Junior to play during the season, right? (laughs) My my boy's got to get some minutes here (laughs) or he's going to hit the transfer portal. When the tournament rolls around – these coaches, are not they're not listening to mom and dad anymore. They don't listen much during the regular season, but they're not listening at all now. Yeah, they want to be able to parade the next uh, set of recruits by the trophy case yes. with that big time yeah. trophy. And, and Junior, you know what? He'll be fine as long as he gets a ring. He doesn't have to play anymore when the tournament rolls around. Mom and dad kind of back yeah, off on I, that. Especially when you get to the Final I, Four, I, because I, what can you say? You got to the Final Four doing it this way. There's, there's nothing I can say now to get Junior in the lineup. That's right. I mean, that's a, a friend of mine once told me that uh, a former coach who was asked what would he do in a place of a different coach at the time, and he said, I'm not there at practice every day. I'm not saying a word. Absolutely. I think Tony Burke might have said that. Or... That that sounds like something. Actually, it was uh, – Coach Pendleton, uh, yeah. after he had Stacey. left Manuel, but before he went to Assumption. Yeah, Tony told me that a long yeah. time ago. You hear people talking, they're not at practice every day. They don't know what's Mm-mm. going on. They see no, the games, sir. and that's it. Thank you, Buzz. And then, well, hang on just all a right, second. Right. I'll be quick. Just, uh, no, don't go in like on me. I, <laughs> no, no. Okay. No, not at all. all right. But I, I did kind of – I turned away from the games yesterday, but unlike yeah. you, instead okay. of going to golf, I went to the – went to the NASCAR race, and I'm not a road course fan, but uh, it was an interesting finish, to say the least, if you throw out all the cautions. And uh, congratulations to a first-time winner, Ross Chastain, and a, and a startup team and taking on the big boys and winning down there. You don't see that very often. i got to be honest, I don't follow it. I don't watch it very often. I did turn it on for a second yesterday. The road course makes me dizzy. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd much rather watch an oval, but – in this case, it was pretty interesting, and Tony Stewart does a, a really good job commentating. I did get to nobody... listen to him a little bit. I like yeah. Tony Stewart a lot doing the broadcast. Jeff Gordon I like a little bit. Tony Stewart I like a lot. Mm-hmm. And Tony knows a lot about road course racing. Yes, so he does. I just thought I'd get that in. Appreciate you as always, and like you said, congratulations to the Providence Pioneers. They deserve it. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you, Buzz. Um, it... Oscars last night. 
incredible. All right, I don't. I, you look. This is this is a sports call-in show. I get that, and you can you can get angry if you want, but I got to talk about this. This was uh, so bizarre last night. If you didn't see it, if you went to bed early and then you're waking up, there's no way you've missed this if you've been awake more than an hour this morning. There's no way you missed some sort of coverage on this. I was watching the Oscars. Now, I'm a movie buff. I'm a TV guy. I tape them every year. I DVR them every year. Because you never know what's going to happen. It's live television. You know, there might be a great musical performance I want to see. There might be a great retrospective. Last night, I was interested in seeing what they did on the 50th anniversary of the original Godfather movie. That's what I wanted to see. And I haven't seen it yet because I haven't watched the entire broadcast. But at 10 o'clock, I turned over to HBO because I wanted to watch part four of Winning Time, the Lakers Dynasty biopic documentary. It's not really a documentary. Uh, limited series. I think it's a 10-part series. Part four was last night on HBO. So at 10 o'clock, I turn over and I watch that. And then I'm just flipping around after 11. I go to my phone, and Twitter is now lit up with the Will Smith-Chris Rock altercation at the Oscars. So immediately, I hit my DVR. I fast-forward as quickly as I can get there to the spot where Chris Rock comes out on stage to present the award for Best Documentary. Now, Chris Rock is Chris Rock, right? He's going to make jokes. He's going to... Uh, throw some people under the bus. If you've ever watched any of his stand-up specials on Netflix or HBO, this is what he does. This is what he's famous for. This is why he makes a lot of money. Because he tells jokes, a lot of them blue, a lot of them off-color, and a lot of them um, sort of personal. Well, Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, has alopecia. She has lost almost all of her hair. It's uh, something she is sensitive about. It's not anything to, to be flippant about. But Chris Rock is Chris Rock, right? You know what you're getting with Chris Rock. And he tells a joke, and it's not even a great joke, but um, first of all, he's, he's already said a couple of jokes. Javier Bardem and his wife Penelope Cruz were both up for Oscars last night. And he says, Chris Rock says, if Penelope doesn't win, Javier, you better not win because that is not going to – okay, everybody's laughing. Um, he makes fun of Denzel Washington for doing Hamlet. <laughs> Denzel just kind of laughs. Yeah, okay, I get it. I'm Denzel. I'm training day. I'm not Hamlet. And then he gets to – just offhand, it looked like he happened to spot – Jada Pinkett Smith out of the corner of his eye without any hair. You know, she's uh, basically got a, a buzz cut. And he says, Jada, I love you. Good luck on G.I. Jane 2. Now, that's an outdated joke. G.I. Jane movie was years, 20, 30 years ago, where Demi Moore shaved her head and was a G.I. Jane, a military, military movie. Well, Will Smith laughs. He laughs. And then the camera goes off. Well, first you can see Jada. She's not laughing. She's not laughing. She's sensitive about her, her condition. I get that. 
She didn't think it was funny. She doesn't have to laugh. That's okay. Will Smith's laughing. Now, they pan back to Chris Rock, and apparently what you don't see is that Will Smith looked over at his wife, and she ain't laughing. She does not think it's funny. So now, Mama ain't happy. I heard this a long time ago. If Mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Will Smith decides he's going to go up on stage and confront Chris Rock. Now, Chris Rock, God love him. I'm a big Chris Rock fan, by the way. And I'm a big Will Smith fan, let's be fair. Um, he was great in movies like Ali. He won an Academy Award last night for playing Serena and Venus's dad, Richard Williams, in, uh, in that movie. Chris Rock says, uh-oh, here comes Richard. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Richard Williams was tough on his daughters. All right, I, that's, that's pretty good. And then Will Smith proceeds to open-hand slap Chris Rock right across the jaw and turn around and walk back to his seat, stalk back to his seat. Now, immediately the thought process is, and now I know this is real, but if you're watching it in real time when it actually occurred, the mute, the mute button is hit by ABC. They don't want any of the sound getting out here, whatever is going to be said, because they know it's real. If you're watching it, you had to be thinking, this is a skit, right? This is just a bit. Will Smith's funny. He does funny things. He's going to go up. Oh, he's going to defend his wife. Huh? He's going to put Chris Rock in a bear hug, blah, blah, blah. Well, he slaps him across the face. So now, across the face. So now if it's fake... Wow, Chris Rock really is into this joke. He he just let Will Smith knock the snot out of him. Will Smith stalks back to his seat. All of a sudden, there's no, if you're watching live, there's no sound. ABC has cut the sound. Um, There's sort of a a flicker. There's a delay. They're, They're holding things up. Now, when you see on Twitter the full video with full sound, you realize it's not a bit. He is angry with Chris Rock, and he's defending his bride. First of all, he was wrong. You don't do that. You don't go up on stage, hit somebody, especially when they're not expecting to be hit. You know, you're going to walk up on stage and say, hey, I'm getting ready to hit you. You might want to defend yourself because you and I are going to go. You don't just walk up and slap a guy across the face. To Chris Rock's credit, he didn't go down. He didn't flinch. He stood right there, took it, looked at Denzel like, what are you doing? Denzel, or not Denzel, Will Smith, like, what are you doing? And Chris Rock says, I just got the bleep slapped out of me by Will Smith. And then Will Smith proceeds to scream twice up at the stage, don't basically keep my wife's name out of your mouth with a couple expletives in there. He says it once. Chris Rock says, dude, it was a G.I. Jane joke. Take it, you know, basically take it easy. What's wrong with you? And then Will Smith says it again. Keep my wife's name out of your bleeping mouth. To which Chris Rock, to his credit, just says, okay, I'm going to. Relax. And goes on. Now, he's still got to present the award for best documentary. And he stammers a little bit. Who wouldn't? Um, I felt bad for Questlove. Questlove won the best documentary, came up. He was in tears. His mom was there with him. He was, he was trying to hold it together, make his speech, but nobody's paying any attention at this point. In fact, for the rest of the night, 
Nobody's paying any attention to the awards when anybody speaks. Everybody's watching Will Smith. Chris Rock's gone. Chris Rock stays on stage, requests love to make his speech. They walk off stage together, and Chris Rock, to as far as to noon today, hasn't been heard from. Uh, apparently, the police asked him backstage if he wanted to press charges, if he wanted anything to be done, assault charges, and he said, nope, I don't want to do that, and, and left the arena, right? Left the Dolby Theater. And apparently during the commercial, everybody's coming over and Will Smith's crying and everybody's trying to console him and say, hey, you know, take it easy. It's not that big a deal. Don't worry about it. Will Smith goes on, by the way, to win the Best Actor Academy Award for his role as Richard Williams, Serena and Venus's dad. He wins the award. And he gets up and then he makes a, a six-minute speech about how he's all about love, he's a vessel for, for uh, doing the right thing, he wants to be a vessel, and he wants to protect women, and he's, he's, uh, he's learned a lot of this movie, taught him a lot about protecting his family and protecting the women in his life, and he just wants to bring love. And I, th- I thought, are you kidding me? Now, the Oscars have a a uh, standard procedure, you win the award, you go off stage, you immediately go in front of the media, and you talk about winning the award and answer a few questions. Well, they made an announcement, hey, media members, we're not asking about anything except the uh, award. That's This is this is a procedure, standard procedure. You got like three minutes, ask your questions, but they better be about winning the Academy Award, nothing else. Got it? So he didn't have to answer any questions last night. I I have lost a lot of respect for Will Smith after this incident last night. Great actor. Great actor. Independence Day, one of my favorite movies. I haven't seen the uh, the Williams story. It's on HBO. I'm going to watch it. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, Ali, he was great as Muhammad Ali in the in the movie Ali. Um, he's He's been a Malcolm X. No, that was Denzel. Um, Hitch is one of my favorite movies. I know, I know. Rom-com, whatever. Will Smith's great actor. Great actor. He had no right to go up on that stage. I don't know where security was. Uh, you know, you're sitting five feet from the stage. If you're Will Smith or, or any of the people up for an Academy Award, you're sitting right by the stage. So even if security's there, they're probably not going to get there in time to stop this. But the amazing part to me is he walked back down, sat back down at his seat, and nobody ever escorted him out. I guess because he was up for an award, you got to say, well, we got to let him stay here. He's up for an award. And then he wins. Yes. Nobody's talking about Encanto, which uh, my, my grandson loves, that won best uh, animated feature. Nobody's talking about Jessica Chastain, who playing uh, Lucille Ball won an Academy Award. Nobody's talking about West Side Story. Nobody, all anybody's talking about is Will Smith going up on stage and cold cocking with an open hand, Chris Rock. I give Chris Rock a lot of credit because it, it felt like he was going to say something. He was going to s- stay all in here and go after maybe um, the fact that Jada Pinkett Smith had a relationship outside of her marriage and... And he stopped himself. He said, I could, and then he just stopped himself. No, nope, not going to do that. He went on, 
gave out the award for best documentary, walked off the stage, and again, we haven't heard from him since. But Will Smith, that's a huge mistake last night because no matter what happens from here on in, that's not going to be forgotten. You hijacked the Academy Awards. It's not the People's Choice Awards. It's not the uh, um, Golden Globes here. You hijacked the Academy Awards, and you made, an, made a fool of yourself. You made a fool of yourself. You're 6'2", six, 6'3", six, and you went up on stage and slapped a five foot seven, 150-pound dude because he told a joke that you laughed at. You laughed at. And then you looked at your wife and realized she's not laughing. What do I need to do here? Because she didn't think it was funny. And you made a poor decision. You made a poor decision. Texter says, many of my coworkers think the Smith-Rock deal was staged. Uh, I think that was the original thought from most people. This can't be real. When, when uh, I think you knew when Will Smith yelled with expletives twice after the incident up to the stage and Chris Rock's responses, I think at that point, because the first time Will Smith yelled up on stage, keep your, my wife's name out of your mouth, people were still laughing. The crowd was still laughing. Because some of them thought, yeah, you know, he couldn't hit him that hard. He didn't go down. Hey, nice chin there, Chris. I'll give you that. But the second time he yelled up, I think there was no there was there was no applause then. There was awkward silence. And it was like, oh, this is real. It's not fake. And God bless Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer, Wanda Sykes, and Regina Hall, who I by the way, I can't believe is fifty one years old, uh, did an amazing job co hosting last night from what I saw. I saw the first hour and a half. They did an amazing job. Uh, Amy Schumer came back out and said, I was in hair and makeup. Did I miss something out here? Brilliant. Brilliant. She said, there's, there's just a different vibe in the room here. What, what, uh, what's going on? Brilliant. Amy Schumer. Hilarious. All right, we'll take a break. I know I got off of sports there. We got uh, some news and notes, and we'll preview Louisville's Elite Eight game, the women's team against Michigan tonight in Wichita. All that and more. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment of the day. M&M Cards Hotline open, 384-1450. If you'd like to uh, join in on the conversation quickly, or you can send me a text quickly as well on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Don't forget, uh, you can play some great courses for under $25 around with the 2022 Big X Sports Radio Golf Card. Card features Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. Play them for under $25 a round with cart included. Get yours today at BigXSportsRadio.com or call 812-725-1457. That's 812-725-1457. Supplies limited. Get your 2022 Big X Sports Radio golf card today. Uh, Some news and notes. Let's start in the uh, NBA. The Lakers blew a 23-point second quarter lead last night. They were up 20 at halftime. And lost to the New Orleans Pelicans, one eighteen. Uh, I'm sorry, one sixteen to one hundred eight. LeBron had thirty nine points, nine rebounds, 
five assists. He hurt his ankle early in the game, but uh, stayed in, kept playing. This was a big game for the Lakers. They needed it. They lost it. They are now one game ahead of San Antonio for the final spot in the play-in portion of the playoffs. The Pelicans moved a half game ahead of the Lakers with the win over the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers are now 31-43. and 43. They've got eight games left. Anthony Davis, no signs of him coming back anytime soon. LeBron trying to carry it, carry this team by himself, and it's just not working. It's just not a good team. Russell Westbrook has been a disaster. All the other guys are are uh, barely role players. So um, I don't know where the Lakers, if the Lakers even make the playoffs this year, um, which would be disastrous. And LeBron playing like an MVP. He is playing like a most valuable player. He's probably going to lead the league in scoring. Joel Embiid's going to win the MVP, but LeBron, I mean, I say this all the time, I appreciate greatness. He has been great this season. Hasn't mattered. Just flat out has not mattered. You know who's dangerous right now? My Boston Celtics. They are now tied with the Miami Heat for the best record in the Eastern Conference. Boston beat Minnesota yesterday, 134-112. That's a good Timberwolves team. That's a good Timberwolves team. And Miami lost to Brooklyn Saturday night, uh, 110-95. to So they're going a little bit backwards. Robert Williams of the Celtics, uh, meniscus issue. He's going to miss some games here. But uh, Celtics, they look good. They look good all of a sudden. And look, I put a little, I'm a Celtic fan. I put a little green on them uh, to win the title. I don't think they're going to win the title. You know who I think is going to win the title? This is, this is crazy talk. Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis is 52 and 23. They're going to finish probably the two seed in the West. Phoenix has locked up the overall number one seed. Uh, they're 61 and 14. But Memphis has played great, and Golden State has played poorly uh, as of late. It's a three-team race, in my opinion, in the West, the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Warriors. But uh, right now, Grizzlies, just one of the hottest teams in basketball. Eight and two in their last ten. Won four in a row. That's a good team. All right, NFL having the owners' meetings this week. Overtime rules will be the one of the big uh, question marks. In my you know, look, this is not brain surgery. The NFL talks about safety, player safety. Let's move overtime to 10 minutes, and you get a kickoff. If the team doesn't score a touchdown, then the other team gets a possession, and then it's sudden death from there on out. They added a 17th game. Don't talk to me about player safety and add a 17th game. Just go back to each team gets a possession, and however it ends, it ends. And if we got to go double overtime, then let's go double overtime. Let's keep the game going until there's a winner. Somebody's going to score, right? Just make the rule each team gets a possession. That's it. I know one of the teams has uh, said, okay, each team gets a possession, but if the first team goes for two and gets it and scores eight on their opening possession, game's over. 
Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that. Each team needs to get a possession. It's that simple. And then keep playing. And a tie is not the worst thing in the world. If you want to play 15 minutes and it's a tie at the end, fine. That's okay. Uh, World Cup qualifier. I, I talk soccer all the time on the show. USA beat Panama 5-1. to one. They are going to qualify for the World Cup now as long as they don't lose to Costa Rica by six or more goals. Now that's, that's just the numbers. Basically, last night's win qualifies the United States for the men's team, men's team for the World Cup. Women are always in the World Cup, always one of the favorites. Men's team, they missed the last World Cup. They are now qualified. Um, Albert Pujols, talking baseball, signed a one-year deal today with the St. Louis Cardinals, $2.5 million. So he's going to finish his career with St. Louis. St. Louis got the best years of Albert. Then they got rid of the contract. The Angels signed him to an enormous contract. They got the worst years of Albert. The Dodgers got some pinch hitting from Albert last year, and now he is going to finish his career in St. Louis. I like that. Uh, finally, Louisville Sam Williamson has entered the transfer portal. So um, we expect more of this as uh, the next few weeks go along. More and more guys entering uh, the transfer portal from both Kentucky and Louisville. Indiana's already had three. Um, it's just the way of the world today. All right, Louisville women tonight, they'll take on Michigan. Uh, the Cards beat Tennessee 76-64 on Saturday. Michigan then beat South Dakota 52-49. to Louisville beat Michigan in the Yum Center back on December 12th, 70-48. Um, you know, maybe they can draw from that, but also it's, it's also one of those, hey, don't remember that game. That's not how this one's going to go. 9 o'clock tonight on ESPN, Louisville and Michigan. The winner gets number one overall seed, South Carolina, the uh, Gamecocks beat Creighton last night, eighty to fifty, to get to the Final Four. Creighton, or excuse me, South Carolina and Stanford are in the Final Four tonight. Uh, will be the decision for the uh, other two teams to get to the Final Four. Louisville um, again has a shot against Michigan. In fact, I would be surprised if they don't beat Michigan tonight. And UConn and NC State in Bridgeport, Connecticut, two seeded UConn top seed. North Carolina State there. That'll be the first game at 7 o'clock on ESPN. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Louisville, uh, they've gone to this pressing defense, and they've looked really good doing it. Emily Engsler is long. She gets her hands on a lot of balls, deflections. She was good the other night. She was really good the other night uh, against Tennessee. Tennessee cut that lead to two in the second half, and then Louisville just started that pressure defense. Full court pressure and kind of ran away. Haley Van Lith over 20 points again. Uh, she was probably the best player on the floor. Contributions from Kiana Smith. Olivia Cochran had three points and three rebounds. Uh, she took a shot. She's got a shiner uh, on her left eye, I believe, but uh, she's going to wear a mask tonight and continue to play. So that's what to watch tonight. Louisville and Michigan rematch of an earlier game in the season that the Cards dominated. But uh, this one is to get to the Final Four and that game is in Wichita tonight. So um, I'll be watching and talking about it tomorrow along with more stuff, hopefully not Oscar-related. You've been listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.